You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, uh, take two. Does that uh, wave look a bit bigger? It does, yes. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, we uh, New Skype, Skype 4.0 came out this week. I decided to make a Skype call using our posh microphone, and that screwed all our levels up. So this is take two. Take two. We didn't do the whole thing. It was so brilliant before, though. It was perfect. No, it was like one, like five (laughs) seconds. (laughs) So uh, this is Sunday, February the 15th, 2009. This is after the show number 57, the show where myself, A. Scully, and you, Sid Talk, uh, discuss a movie that we watch on a Sunday, like our Sunday ritual. (laughs) <laughs> would you say well we're not gonna call it that but that is what it is it's it movie be. day we just call it movie day yeah movie day we uh come, we watch a movie and then we discuss it and hopefully you laugh with us and listen listen and take all our opinions to be gospel truth not mine <laughs> i'm not telling you what to think anyway you think uh, what you want but i'm just talking yeah, you we used that. to waste these conversations on each other, and now we just happen to share them. I like that you're them. dressed for the Arctic today, while we... <laughs> Sid Talk is, is sitting in front of me with her pyjamas, her fluffy slippers, tiger skin fluffy slippers, and a scarf wrapped around her neck. They're not real tiger skin, I'll have you know. I would not wear tiger skin. Petta would have very you. fluffy in the tiger pattern. I also have uh, animal print pants and a kiss t-shirt. Not kiss, but like... Beth, I hear you calling. That Beth, that kid. No, it's a Hollywood. <laughs> and then I have my winter scarf wrapped around my neck, double drawn. It's kind of funny for me because all I see is like uh, just your little head sticking out the top of a scarf. And I have a shrunken head, yes. Yes, yeah, you didn't head. know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> and like no makeup whatsoever and my hair is exactly or worse than it was when I woke up. All I, I can say is thank God this isn't a video podcast. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and he, hey, you're I, the one that has to look at me, so. Anyway. and I, What do you rate me? We're rating the movie. What am I? What do you mean? What, you, we're That's a loaded question. I will leave that one for another day. Okay, so we're looking at the movie Miracle at St. Anna. Uh, this is a 2008 movie. We're looking at the Blu-ray edition, but it's also out on DVD. Um, this is this came out Tuesday, February the 10th in North America, so you can go and get it now if you're in North America. Or Canada, I guess. And uh, it's from Touchstone Pictures slash Disney. I wouldn't really put the Disney name on this movie. More touchstone pictures, let's say. Mm. Even though the distributor's Disney. Um, And you're going to tell us what it's all about. It is a story of an African-American... Is it called a platoon? Regiment? In World War II? Platoon regiment. Who were in Italy. It's based on a... Not based on a true story, but I mean, it's based on events. Yeah, a real platoon and real... The reality of what took place in Italy where there was this uh, regiment there who had to help hold off Germans at a time when they were going to like really make a push even though I guess it was near the end of the war and so I don't know my history very well unfortunately. So it is about them um, being I'm not 100% sure how pivotal they were. I didn't didn't grasp the whole politics of it so that could have just gotten over my head. But it's basically their story about these five particular they men. They were pivotal in a way in that particular battle, in the Tuscany thing. They kind of held their ground even without... They were just there. Yeah. And then 
there were a few mystical things, not mystical, but miracle things going on. And it all also centered around a horrible, tragic story that took place at a church involving German soldiers. And it's um, kind of hard to describe, actually, now that I think about it. It is, but I think you put, that's good enough for a synopsis. Okay. Anyway, this is um, a Spike Lee movie. We want to put that up front, you know... Um, we're familiar with Spike, Spike Lee movies at this point. Most people are who are into movies. Um, and my personal opinion, I've said this many times, not on the podcast because we've never dealt with a Spike Lee movie, but I'm, I've never really been into Spike Lee because you know why. I, mm-hmm. I find him overly preachy. Um, I, know, I know that he champions certain things and obviously he's an African-American himself. and But... The last movie I saw by him was Inside Man with Clive mm-hmm. Owen. And there was a that was just a standard movie for me. And then there was a big part in the middle that spoiled it where, where I said to you, I felt like Spike Lee had stepped into a character and just started spouting out in the middle of the movie. Anyway, this movie... You're being very dismissive, I must say, but that's your opinion. No, that's my opinion of, of Inside Man. Yeah. No, anyway. But I mean, of Spike anyway, Lee Anyway, I'm, I'm just I'm getting my point across. The, okay. What I... Um, in the past, there are movies I really like, and Bamboozle being one of them, which is actually one of my favourite ones, and that really is a um, a big political a point. slash point. Making yeah. a point. But anyway, this movie has got a point also, but I find this one to be completely valid. Like, um, You're walking on thin water. <laughs> no, I, I actually feel that he didn't handle this one. Um, I didn't feel like it was overly preachy even though it, it was if you look at it mm. I mean it, the message was conveyed <clears throat> more than enough but still I felt that it worked in this and I also didn't feel that it was Spike Lee all the time like you know when I've said to you yeah. before whatever movie Spike Lee is you makes feel I feel Spike Lee in this one no I didn't I, f- I felt that it was what I'm trying to say is I think Spike Lee is really you know, when we mention somebody like Spielberg, you can do lots of different things. I think Spike Lee is also in that category. Like, um, interesting. Only as, as of this movie, is that what you're saying? Or if you look back over his past, you no, see that? No, when I look back over all, all the different movies he does, um, I do. He does always have a point to make. Always. There is no exception. There's always a point. This point on this one actually touched me quite a lot. In, in fact, this is one of the movies where I say that you should definitely watch the extras afterwards. Because mm-hmm. it added, like... And we'll mention the extras after, but the extras added a whole layer of other stuff to the movie for me that I didn't quite get while I was watching it. But then when I realised the whole history behind it for real, I think the movie I was think you more impactful. a lot of people who... When you say things like, you know, it's preachy and it's, you know, really... Not like this in your fa- I know, but in the past you've said it's got a point to make and it's really in your face and stuff. But the points he's trying to make need to be... They're not just little issues, you know? Well, the funny thing is I it's don't actually remember the point he was trying to make in um, Inside Man, but I remember it hitting me in the head like... I can't remember it now. But there was a big... There was actually a speech in the middle of the movie that one of the characters made... And it was really odd and out of place for me. But I don't even remember what it was now. I know it was a racial thing. It was a mm-hmm. Well, it's about how people treat each other based on race and the way we look and economics and everything. And that's a thread throughout, I think. And that's a... If you don't like 
If you like things being handed to you gently, so that then you can absorb it and go, okay, now I get your point. Well, you totally won't like it. His and that's style. why why you don't seem to like things. But I like person. I like it when someone has a point of view. They're not necessarily going to change my mind just because they're preachy or because they have a bigger way of doing it. I don't want somebody to always just hand me stuff and then this like be real nice. But like here, I have a really big issue that I want to just maybe have you think about. No, I want somebody to tell me. This is what I think is wrong with the well, world. Well, this is the perfect. This is the perfect. Yeah, I do like. I do like Spike Lee movies. I haven't seen them all. I've seen most. I know exactly what you're talking about. Where you feel like all of a sudden you've been taken out of the story. Yeah, that's it. And being told because it's not, not what to think. It's not even sometimes. It's more. It's not like it's not an undercurrent or an overcurrent. It's, but does it have to be? It's Why? like it's plank. It's like it crops up on you and there it is yeah but then, then you think about some of the points he's trying to make of racism we'll pick that out specifically and I'll be brief people who've been treated who have been at the other oh, and end in this movie if you're the trying... people who are at the other end of being of racism they don't get it handed to them gently they don't get it handed to them and let them decide if they feel offended they've been beaten down and beaten up and pushed down and have it shoved down their throats and exactly forever. and this is what cha- and that's why and this I don't... movie is what changed my opinion of that like what you're saying there. Because it's this, handed to you this in movie, a nicer way. No, I don't think it is. I think it's still laid on pretty hard. True. But this particular topic, I, I'm not, I'm not a black man. For I'm, I'm not. I've not got anything. In, you know exactly. Me I don't know anything about how black people feel being downtrodden. Of I don't. Not. I do not know. I'm a white person. I'm, you're about as white as they come. That's what I mean. I'm, <laughs> I mean, you're, I'm, literally, I'm even European your skin, white. Yeah, you're like, that's, what, like, what, that's what, what I mean, yeah. But what I'm saying is, um, I don't know. I do know it's horrible. I do know it's been horrible over all these years. And I feel that this movie, I... Okay, I came away from the movie at the end with a, a knowledge of something. More... I, I felt like I... The movie worked for me because I, I felt... I actually felt moved at the end of it. Really moved, like I, I, I really got it. Like I, I understood, and it was like explain what, what what thing it is you're talking about specifically. The, the hierarchy in the army. In this case, of white men, do the black people aren't clever enough to do the the uh, leading, so they're just sent out to die, while white men who are usually stupider. <laughs> or, or you know this mm-hmm. stupid people in both races but yeah I know what you mean these are people who are just sending these black soldiers out to die for because they think they're you know Uncle Tom and all that kind of crap well no, no that, not that because uh, I think that's come out of context but they think they're disposable more so than yeah, anybody yeah. else yeah, I mean what, why I say the Uncle Tom thing is still in, in fact seeing the extras after still at this time when the guys, the real soldier mm-hmm. guys said that when they came back from the war and they weren't allowed to go in the town because it was like a segregate, you know, it, the America was still treating black people that way at this time. It's, Do you know what Uncle Tom is? Yeah, like a slave. No, an Uncle Tom is a black man who then caters to white people and who will then become or acclimate themselves to more of a white man's world, like kissing their ass and turning against the black community. Oh, I, oh okay, I'm, I'm wrong That's then. what so I thought is. that was a slave. Uh, it is, it's somewhat, but it is a person of that... Well, that is slave, isn't it? It is, but it's a... 
it's a derogatory kind of thing because it's saying you're turning against your race to kiss ass of the people who think they're superior to you so that you But then can- there was a, there was an element of that because there was also this this platoon the buffalo soldiers they all knew what they were in for and they were just going along with it nobody ever well, they had the in same fact, motivation that, something... that any other soldier has, right? They're fighting for their country. Yeah, but the country that's running them into the ground. It's, that's what I really was moved by. It's but we only like... got that point later when we watched the extras. And that's why I say that this was a movie that was totally enhanced by the extras. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had the ending of it kind of sealed off by watching the extras. Like, there was, there's so much more to it when you do understand the real story behind it. Totally. Because when you're watching it, yes the way Spike Lee directs, you get the message. But, you don't know exactly... I mean, I, I'm not a historian. I don't exactly know what is true, what is not. Like, I don't... I mean, I do. I know that that battle took place. I know that that troop... You know, the 92nd Squadron. I th- yes. I know yes. that they existed. And I know, I've heard of Buffalo Soldiers before that, you know... From the Civil War, after the Civil yeah, War. Yeah, yeah. But once you actually... And then see some faces that are real faces put to the Tuskegee Airmen and the real men who were in the so I think it's absolutely um, while I was watching it I didn't know what at the start I wasn't know- in fact there's an absolutely brilliant scene at the beginning it's my favourite scene of the entire movie the uh, squadron the buffalo soldiers are walking through the swamp well it's like a river mm-hmm. walking across the river in Italy and the Nazis roll out this propaganda wagon on top of the hill and They've got this real sexy, who knows whether she's English, American, whatever. This, she's German accent. This, well, the, it could have been just yeah, for, yeah. you know. So there's this sexy woman in this booth, and she's spouting this propaganda about telling these soldiers that just give yourselves up or don't fight, you know, we've got chicken over here, and all this kind of weird Horrible, shit. Yeah, they're using the racism yeah. to say your country loathes you, your country doesn't want and, you, and, and it's you, just you this come spooky. with us and become part of our, we will totally respect you for who you are and obviously, all this stuff. Obviously they won't, but it's just this weird... Mm-hmm. So they're walking through, and it lasts like for about ten minutes. And it's, at the same time, these soldiers, right, are being sent there by asshole white leaders who don't give a shit about them, so that's the truth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the Germans are saying to them, why are you doing this? So they're like... So I think that this particular totally scene sums up the entire movie. Like, I, th- I, I mm. think it's a real powerful scene. I agree. It starts off with these soldiers. I mean, the camera pans up, there's these soldiers. The, the group of soldiers you're going to get to know in this movie, actually. And they're all, you know, there's one who's scared shitless, there's one who's kind of losing it a little bit, <laughs> there's one who's kind of heroic, but silly, like stupid, I mean, like he doesn't really know. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's just kind of totally. putting on a brave face. And... That it's just this slow camera pan with this eerie music in the background and they're walking up the... And then this propaganda wagon comes out and you can see German soldiers kind of setting themselves up in these little nests. And then this woman, it cuts to this swash sticker. She's like sat in front of a swash sticker. She's all glamorous like a... It's um, a radio show that she's, yeah, they're, and she's, they're blaring and they're really blaring loud from at them. Berlin, actually. They, yeah. Because one of the German soldiers says they can't give us potato soup but they can, they can give us import this, this crap in. Yeah. So, and she's just saying this crap, and they're just walking slowly before this battle. You know, I just found that, I I was absolutely mesmerized by that. Another thing about that was the German soldiers didn't know what she was saying. 
No. They're like, what is she even... They're in, you know, there's a lot of subtitles in this movie, a lot of German, Italian. Oh, another you know. thing I really appreciate about Oh, we do, movie. totally. After, I love it when the people in their country speak their After language. watching The Reader, and I, <laughs> and I said on my Twitter feed, I can't help but thinking if I... I watched The Reader, I liked it. I can't help but thinking it would be better if German people spoke in German in it. In this one, anybody who speaks any other language speaks in the real language. So, yes. So... Half the movie is subtitled. Only one problem I have with that. Only the only problem I have with that is that there's so much. There is a lot of dialogue, and in a lot of subtitle movies, and I'm not dumbing myself down. I'm saying a lot of times you get spurts of dialogue that are in another language. You read the subtitle, and you still have a chance for your eyes to catch the performance and the looks and the subtleties. Well, there's a lot of dialogue in this between people who aren't speaking English, so you're reading a, a lot, and I'm trying to balance because I don't want to miss their. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of interaction, there's a lot of facial expressions, there's a lot of like salt, really good performances, so that's another thing I have, I kind of kept my eye up and down, up and down, and I don't mind it, but that was because it's a really dialogue-driven movie. It is. There's, there's a little bit... There's a, there's, obviously, it's a war movie, so there are war um, parts. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a story that takes place outside of the um, n- narrative, like a... I don't even know what year it is. What is the year for the story outside of it? What starts it? Yeah. 83. Yeah, so there's there's the... Not a modern day, but an, an eight... There's this story that kind of bookends it. Yeah. That, um, Perfect. That I also... Like, the, when the movie started, I, I absolutely... It's it, quite intriguing. I, I, it's also to do with this uh, statue's head. Um, is What is that statue's head called? I don't remember. But there's a statue's head <laughs> that's missing from Italy that yeah. turns up. And, and that, it's and a it, And it kind of starts like a little mystery and ends up as, ooh, it's like, it's epic, isn't it? Yes. Definitely. And it's, I don't know, I, I was I was totally, I it's changed you. my mind. It's <laughs> changed my mind on Spike Lee a lot. Like, and um, So I came to IMDb just to see, you know, a little bit about, about this movie and absolutely all the reviews and everything absolutely hate this movie um i don't get that at all cause based on what i mean what are their comments like it's not a normal spike lee like movie? things like i'm a black man there is a, is a comment i'm a um black man who fully believes in black pride and progress i must say i'm truly disappointed with spike lee's new movie i don't um hold on a second i don't know where to begin in regards to expressing my disappointment. Considering how Spike tries to come off as being very Afrocentric, his portrayal of black characters in the movie is totally insulting. There are so many typical blacks in film stereotypes that he doesn't have to resort to this. So, no, I... Well, but the reasoning behind, in my opinion, the reasoning behind some of these characters being kind of stereotypical is because in... They were, he was trying to... Well, they weren't, were they? I didn't actually... No, I'm thinking... I'm trying to think. I was trying to think. That. They're just people. Like there's, like you said in the beginning... Maybe it's, train it's comes across same, as a little simple. Yeah, but take it out of context. Take that out of this movie and put it in any movie with any race or any kind of ethnicity. And if you have an ensemble cast, you're going to have the guy who's a little dim and the guy who's brave and the guy who's smart and the guy who's a dickhead. No matter what. Those are stereotypes that apply to every kind of movie with this ensemble idea, or this—you know what I mean—with that 
that technique of storytelling. I don't think this guy actually So this guy it. will take it like I do <clears throat> when I say about how women are portrayed or like if I take that, like last week's movie where I yeah. say it's a very man-centric movie where every man is holding her down. Well, that's my perspective. Well, now, so you might watch it and see something completely different. Well, this guy also says, how can Spike have a scene where two burly black guys are fighting over a white woman they only met two years ago? I could totally see that. <laughs> there, there are soldiers who have not seen women, of not course. been with women... It doesn't matter if she's a white woman. It's, and they don't know if they're going to die tomorrow. Woman. Yeah, they don't know if they're going to, like, die. No, and so one person it, has his own, a little more innocent way of approaching this relationship. Yeah, and one totally. guy's a sleazebag. So, I, I think don't you, see read, anything you read out of what you there. want. Yeah, 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 totally. You totally. I mean, I'm not a black man, but I don't see anything <laughs> out of place there. Because men are men, and it's just... Then we can't... I don't, you know, like, you couldn't say that about a movie about women, if I'm pointing out to you. No, And no. you'd be like, I don't even know what you're talking no, about. No, but I understand Whatever. men. <laughs> So, yeah, true. so true. I do understand that scene from a man's point of view. I totally understand it. So, there's jealousy and there's like loneliness, and that's that has nothing to do with. No, no. But anyway, uh, that's just one, and I just saw negative, negative. But these negative. aren't reviewers; these are people. No, I was on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> as well, which was reviews, and it was just it, it was not very. You know, it was even professional reviewers were saying bad movie, bad movie, bad movie. Not for me, totally. And I, it's not really. Are I'm, we naive? Do you reckon? We just don't see what's wrong with movies sometimes? Well, there's stuff wrong with this movie. If we want to get into that territory. There's like some. I think there's some poor performances. I think there's... I found, and I was thinking about this as we watched. If you go back through Spike Lee movies, there are certain... Certain performances, they're all... They get, he gets that the same. You're talking about the reporter and I don't know, maybe... And, and that... T- t- what's he called? T- Totoro. Yeah, he he seemed not very... He's the same as he always I mean, is. He Come seemed, on. He doesn't seem like a real person to me. He seems like... He's always a caricature. He's caricaturing yeah, up like totally. a big, big time. Um, he's like a gun. He's like which a maybe detective. Spike Lee wanted that. Maybe exactly. he wanted that from them too. Like That's let's what I make think. this let's like make this part seem a bit ludicrous. Well, because then the serious stuff. I'm not sure if it'd be that literal. I just think he gets out of people a, like a really surface thing about here's this young reporter guy who's supposed to try to be a tough guy to get the story, and yet the yeah, guy we, who's we doing it. We have to it, explain that it yeah. starts with. There's a police uh, detective and an and a, Investigate, a reporter. And a reporter. Trying who, to get a story. <clears throat> yeah. Of <laughs> something that happens right at the beginning yeah. that we won't spoil for you. Cause it, Not I mean, at all. We won't even talk about it. But I see what you mean. But it, then throughout, once you get to the soldiers and you get to Italy and the community and the village, after that... I don't think, they were, I don't think there was fantastic. bad performances then at all. No, not I do. At all. Th- I do feel that that beginning part was very spitely. And when that started... Because it does start with that mm-hmm. 1984 bit that actually... 1983, but that's okay. It ends in 1984. Right, so um, I might have. when that part came up, I was watching it. And I knew it was a Spike Lee film. I was like, okay, it's going to be this. And then as soon as it got into the war thing, I forgot. That's why I was saying I kind of forgot it was Spike Lee, you know. Because I think the war part, the you know, a period piece is kind of hard. I think the location they did it in, I don't. It, we don't really know anything about because the extras didn't really cover Mm-mm. whether it was really in Italy. I mean, it, it, to me, it couldn't have not been. The village it's, was. It seemed perfect. Yeah, you know? totally. But um, in that location, and I think the war scenes were done well, and I think you know, it. it I don't know. For me, I, I loved it. Very well. So, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, don't, I did. I don't think I loved it. But I was totally in it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I, 
I love long movies, and it was fairly long. It wasn't terribly long. Three hours. But I felt like it was absolutely perfect in the story. Tell like I never there was never any moment when I felt like okay, come on, let's go, or hey, wait a minute, why are we skipping from here? Never. It was really well to me. And it, put together. And it's really horrific in parts. Mm-hmm. One part's particular. I kept thinking, is this going to happen? Really? And then it did. And then I was <laughs> like, uh, I, I know I've seen these kind of... I've seen movies dealing with Hitler and all that mm-hmm. stuff before. That are absolutely shocking, like Schindler's List. But that was really like, you know. Then you want to go look it up and see, like, did that really happen? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm talking about... Mm-hmm. There's a... Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't I'm wanna, gesturing. <laughs> we don't want to really uh, spoil it, but it's pretty shocking. If you're nervous disposition, I wouldn't... Well, it's not... You see some blood, you see some things, but a lot it's of it's just implied. The idea. Well, a lot of it's implied. It's more than implied, I think, that scene. <laughs> it's, it's like... It's like a... What do you call it? Holocausty, like a... Oh, you mean the whole thing. I thought yeah, you meant the one specific No, the whole thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just in general. Oh, of course. Well, of course. It's horrible. Yeah, so I'm saying if you're a nervous disposition or... Uh, kind of offended uh, by this kind of you don't want to relive Violence. this kind of thing or anything yeah um, it's pretty it's like Schindler's List on a level of it pounds into your head another thing that I thought from last week you know who who thinks up this stuff like war and power and stuff and who makes all those decisions and then who carries out the atrocities, like, all the way down to the... Like, in this movie, you'll see, there are things. They're just soldiers doing what they're told, but they do it. And the people who tell them to do it know they're wrong, and the people who tell them to do it. And eventually, somebody at the top doesn't give a shit. They want what they want. There's actually a real... There's... Um, in the movie, you'll... I won't give it away, but you'll know what I mean. Is it when... give away anything. When he... Yeah? Yeah, and then he tells him to... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. It's dealt with, that subject. That actual subject. Like, yes. what the fuck am I doing here? What, why am I doing this? Like, yeah, what's, exactly. what's it all? What's, why am I I'm being told to do this and this and this? And I mean, it's war, to, so you can imagine. But, I, but I'm being are... told to go and, you know, murder a bunch of people. Right. For what? Like, you know, really? I mean... I just want to go home and be with my family. Exactly, yeah. So it is dealt with, that subject, too, on a from the German And that's side. not... It's one of what you were saying earlier. Like, it's not hammered on to you. It's just a... It's threaded through in a way that it just reminds you, unless you're, unless you don't care about anything like that. But I mean, it reminds you, like, really, we're just awful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we really are. We're awful and we're amazing at the same time. It's like, and I really, um, one of the other highlights of the movie for me was because it all takes place in this Tuscan village place, um, which is really claustrophobic the way it is set up. And then I was thinking, well, soldiers like. A few soldiers, these Americans, there's not many of them, stuck in this place. It's like being in a mouse trap. It's like, because you yeah, can... Yeah, mouse maze. Yeah, like a rat trap. But, you know, they're just there, and then Germans can arrive at any time yeah, from any vulnerable. direction, and you're just there. Like, And it, it really conveyed the claustrophobic. The village claustrophobic. is a, a village that's kind of left there. It has people there, Italian refugees who have kind of come there, and they've been held up there on their own. With barely any food or anything for like three years, Germans come and go, taking their food, taking their animals, and yet these people just survive, sustain their own lives. There, they had no electricity, and they're just there waiting for something. You know, they mentioned the British have come and then they left, and nothing happened. Now the Americans are here. What's going to happen now? We're just sort of 
stuff. Yeah, they're just that's surviving. Why they come across, yeah, they and come then across they, this village. And then there's the partisans, as they call it, which are like kind of. I guess it's assumed private. the Americans would assume that the Italians are all fighting with the Germans, right? Because yeah, yeah. Mussolini and everything. So partisans are basically rebels in That's Italy what I was thinking, like, who are fighting soldiers. against Mussolini, against Hitler. But when an American comes across an Italian soldier-looking person, they're going to assume yeah. that they're with the Germans, and then these people are sort of the rebel faction, and they get mixed up in there as well. Which is interesting too. Very interesting because I, you know, I don't, I don't put a lot of thought to that stuff. And then you hear it in modern news about rebel factions and guerrillas and. I guess it takes... Because not everybody agrees history. with everything. Like, exactly. Exactly. So, like, you know, if you don't... If you're a German... And in that case, you think, I understand rebels. rebels. Oh, I totally do. I understand I mean, if, if people fighting against... If you against. was a German and uh, Hitler comes along and says, okay, you're all, you're all going to be recruited, now kill Jews, and you, you're like, that's just not right. Well, then there's you're your, the, there's the your rebel. split off, You're the it? seed yeah. of rebellion. Yeah, because... But the thing was, Hitler started as a rebel. Exactly, right? gathering up the disenfranchised and the people on the fringes and then that became the norm and then, oh, whatever. I mean, but it puts all that in your mind. Yeah, it totally does. And um, and yet it doesn't feel like that kind of movie. It just puts those ideas in your mind. It's very uh, subtle. Not subtle, but... It's not subtle at all. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's totally in your face. I, I guess it's well done because you think of all that and, and the story's going on. It's, it's, it changed. I expected something because I have a... Spike Lee thing. You have a bias against Spike Lee, a and he bit. didn't do it, and it was that was really interesting to me. And I was like, okay, because you know, at this point, I've seen a lot of Spike Lee movies, including all of the early ones. You mm-hmm. know, Do the Right Thing and Girl Six, and what else have we got? Oh, there's lots of them, isn't there? I've, you know, obviously that Inside Man. Oh, yeah. Did you know they're making an Inside Man two next year? That's his... oh, it should just be left alone. It was good. To... I liked it. I, I liked need... it more than you did, but I really liked it. Yeah, it was really good. I might, I might have to see it again. No, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of Spike Lee movies, and this. Are one... you saying that this movie has helped you grow as a person? I think. I think it really. Because um... that's fantastic. Hammered. No, well, I think it hammered home something that I wasn't. Um, which is exactly what Spike Lee wants to do. There's these soldiers who are just people like you and me, um, who were shit shit on and, and like pushed down during them times, and even like now, not really, like now to this day, not really um, it's celebrated. Not, exactly, because like, Spike Lee even said, you know, to the to some of the soldiers, how are you portrayed? Like, which movies have you been in? And they're all like, you know. Referring to um, African Americans portrayed as soldiers or as heroes. war heroes in movies, and they're like, and they're, they're like, like well, three. I, there was a black, one black guy in The Great Escape, and there was like, <laughs> not really at all, and really not, not when you think about it. Just as just Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder, which is a whole other subject. <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, uh, so yeah, I, I totally, I, I highly recommend this movie. Um, we'll go into the cast and then. So we've got Joseph. You're, you're, you're going to have to do okay. this cast because Joseph I'm, Gordon-Levitt. He was he played, the top three, right? Are going to be very quick because they were in it for like literally five minutes. Yeah, John Leguizamo. We'll get to him. The first one is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He played the reporter. He also played in movie, which is one of my recommendations, and I'll go ahead and say it because we're talking about him. But um, 
it was the lookout. And he's also the young boy, the kid from Third Rock from the Sun. Now, can I mention that I thought he was terrible in this movie? I didn't think he was terrible, but it was pretty wooden. He was my worst thing in this movie. In fact, he was like the first thing in the movie, pretty much. And he's uh, like a rookie, but he's not. So it I don't know if little... he was intentional. He was supposed to be like that because he was a we'll bit. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And then the John Leguizamo. It was in it literally. I mean, he was I, in it literally for he got thirty seconds. He, he got a, real, a sexy a... chick on him, and then he that was hair. it. And uh, John Turturro, same. He gave one little spiel, and he was the now detective. John Turturro. I. I liked him in Transformers. <laughs> yes, he's kind of a nutbag. He I always comes is. across as kind of odd and But in this, he was just a, like a detective researching, doing on the case of something. And it was nothing. It was pretty brief and in and out, and that's it. And then we're going to move on to the cast of The Soldiers. We have Hector, who was played by Laz Alam- Alonzo. I now, think that's right. Yeah. Now, I thought all these uh, guys were good. All of them. Everybody was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I was actually totally now, they might not in be love names, with everybody. And they like, might not oh be God. names people have heard of, including me. Yeah, well, I had to look them up, and you go, I know that person from somewhere. And then you look up, and you're like, well, they've done a few, a lot of TV and stuff, but they're all, everybody that's I think it was a good list. choice of people. Totally. Um, Hector would have been the man we, when he spoke a lot of languages, he was the radio man. Correct. Excellent. I mean, fantastic. And his actual name was Laz Alonso. Alonso, would you say? Alonso. Then there's Derek Luke, who played Stan. Now, he's the one I was familiar with. Familiar, he, he was but... in Friday Night Lights. Right, as a, yeah, football player. Yeah. Michael Eli, would you say that's how you say that name? Yeah. Ellie, oh. as Bishop. Ely. Really good. Another one, he played like a jerky kind of guy, and you just wanted to smack him because he was real sleazy, but... And was that a gold tooth? In 1944? Yeah, it was a gold tooth. Now, <laughs> Do you reckon they had them in 1944? Yeah, I think they did. They actually did. Dentists used to use gold a lot like in the, really? back in the day. Yeah. See? I've grown as a person. Yeah. <laughs> then we have Omar Miller who played Train, which of course is going to be an endearing, is an endearing really part. Really endearing, isn't it? Endearing but tough man. That one scene when he kind of talks back to his commanding officer. Oh, like, I love that. Yeah. Without any compromise. There was no compromise there. And this isn't a bold man or anything. I actually was like, I put my hands up to my face and I was like, oh, you just want people like that in so life. I'm saying, there's so many... Stand up for what is important to you. And he just, there was no compromise. And I love, he did a fantastic job. Plus there's so many scenes in there that are memorable when you just keep oh, thinking. Totally. Oh, totally. He was, make, that, he was fantastic. Movie. I hope he gets some sort of recognition or something. Um, then we have Pia Francesco Favini. Obviously, he, there's an Italian Pia Francesco. Yes, he's Italian. Portion. And he played Butterfly, which is the guy you said you recognize. And he was the... He played the general in the Prince, the Narnia yes, Prince movie. Yeah, That's where you were recognizing yeah, yeah, yeah. from. He was, like, in there. Um, fully Italian. He's the one who one, fought with really, the kids. At the, I have a thing about it. Italian. He? I don't know Did what he fight with the kids at the end, like, on the, on the second one? Was that him? I think it was, yeah. Might have been. Yeah, it I was. thought it, it was, was. Yeah, he was the one who... When Peter had the fight with him at the end, and he and he what to take the helmets off, right? It was him. That was him. He was I thought guy. he was the general. I didn't think he was that guy. He, he was, was that guy. Gen- I mean, he was the general, but he yeah, he was, he was the that general. Guy. Well, I'll look that up in a minute. And uh, Renata is the character played by Valentini Servi. She, I didn't look her up to see what else she's in, but she looked really familiar. Valentina. To me. Yeah, Valentina Servi. I really liked her. I thought she was really. Just right. Like, she has to be firm with the her father about, you know, being... He's a fascist, and she has to kind of put him in his place. And then she has to be 
kind of sexy and sultry, and she also has to be, like, brave and... I don't know. I really like yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty good. And uh, Matteo Schiabordi as Angelo, who is the boy. Uh, there's a boy in the movie. We won't talk much about it because it kind of... It's one of those cool elements of the story, I think. Yeah, but it's kind of what makes fantastic. it... Fantastic. Kind of makes it different from a normal woman. Yeah, actually. and he was absolutely... I mean, in my opinion... A glue that held the movie together. Well, what it I was think, fantastic. What I think of on the casting was it was really wise to use people of the regions of where, you know. Oh, completely. Totally. Because, to, you know, we've seen some Hollywood movies. Yeah, I don't want to see Bruce Willis pretending to be an old Italian man. Or, Bru- or Bruce Willis <laughs> pretending to be a 12 year old. Uh, Italian I didn't mean boy. that. I meant like the old man is an Italian man. And I'm just she's saying Italian. That would be funny too. Yeah, not really. And that's the, that's the casting. Anyway, and it's, this is directed movie. by Spike Lee. And uh, I wrote down a few of his other movies. Do the Right Thing, which uh, I actually saw and didn't appreciate, but probably would now, maybe. Did you like that one? I've not seen it. Malcolm X, I absolutely thought that one was brilliant. There's another movie that I thought was brilliant, but that was, you know, how can you not? As a person, you don't like strong opinions and things being really put to you in a harsh way. Now, I don't think of them as harsh because I am a person with big opinions and I don't give a shit half the time if somebody's offended by how I say it. Now, but you don't you don't like it given to you that way so much. You like someone to give you your options, and then you just think about it. If someone's too bold or loud about it, it really puts you off. Even if you think it's right, I think sometimes it pushes you back a bit. So mm. that's just different personalities. Uh, Inside Man 2 is coming up. That's the other one. And 25th Hour was another one. That was one I think you were thinking of with the speech. That yeah, you that one had a speech too. Yeah, and I really like 25th Hour and a lot. Summer of Sam was one of my favorites of the whole one. I of the whole, about that. when I looked at all the Spike Lee movies, I was trying to think of which one I really loved, and Summer of Sam was one of my favorites of the entire lot. I really like Twenty Fifth Hour, though, when I think about it too. Really good. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the DVD extras. So overall, are we not to the overall yet? No. Okay. So DVD <laughs> extras. Were, well, this, you know why I don't know because I can't see the thing. It's here, clear over there. Here's an interesting. Um, this this is something I want to say about this. Uh, this is on Blu-ray disc. Thought it looked really good. So- sounded really good. Like um, some of the battle scenes were amazing. Yes. Like, you could hear like mortars going off behind you and stuff. And ping, I think ping. I think that's true for most anything that deals with a war or a battle. It's going to always sound good. Um, one thing I want to say here is this is out on Blu-ray and DVD. I can't really... If, you, if you've if you got Blu-ray, buy it on Blu-ray. And the reason is, there are no extras on the DVD. Oh. So the extras are exclusive to the Blu-ray. And I feel that the extras are as important as the movie. Because the extras will get to you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So so it isn't a bunch of extras, but it's, it's totally, totally worth the mission And it's price. exactly what I wanted. Yeah, so the first thing you get is a... It's called Deeds Not Words, and it says pull up a chair with Spike Lee and World War II veterans as they share their experiences. Now, this is like a round table with the writer of the movie, Spike Lee, and a bunch of people from Buffalo um, Squadron. The Buffalo mm-hmm. Soldiers. And Tuskegee Airmen. And it's... Who were the first African-Americans to be allowed. There's yeah. another question. Did you notice but, that? Did you see my Twitter thing I did? Twitter? <laughs> no. I think I did in Twitter last week and on my Facebook. Because I started researching last week, like, women's rights around the world and in history. And that women have only been allowed to vote in, like, the last 200 years or whatever. And then I'm, oh, my yeah, question did, is, who decided to give us, who gave us, who so generously decides to give us the right to vote? <laughs> 
Just think about that. And it's the same thing in this. Who decided it was okay for African Americans or for anybody else to do anything? Who's at the top of the friggin' food chain, or do they think they are? But this, this is like, <laughs> yeah, this that's is my, like, this is my speech. This is like a, a roundtable interview with these veterans, and it's really interesting and, and quite funny in parts. Very, because they're actually so light-hearted about yeah, it. Yeah, they have a sense of they have a sense, sense of, humor. of humor after I think a lifetime. You, I can't even imagine. Like, no, shit that they saw was just horrendous, right? Not I mean, only are they living the life through, before the civil rights movement and through the civil rights movement as as just people trying to live their life and yet being treated like shit, and then to go to war and stand, or not just go to war, but I mean, join join an organization, the military, which at its heart is just going to rub you in the dirt anyway, but then, if you are even beneath everybody else, I mean, they have they got some balls on them, these dudes. And yeah. then now they just they'll go, yeah, that's that. They thought we weren't smart enough, you know. Like, ain't that a hoot? Yeah, what I like, were they I like the way you know, they like, say it. Yeah. yeah, it's really funny. Um, and you know, Spike Lee gives them some real interesting questions. I thought I, I really thought it was really good. It was uh, it's about twenty minutes long, and then the second um, extra is the Buffalo Soldier Experience which says trace the history of the Buffalo Soldier and hear rare first-hand accounts. Now, this is really interesting, too. It's a 20-minute documentary. It's taken from, like, there's a few people involved. There's Spike Lee, there's the writer guy. And then there's actually some real Italian ladies who took in soldiers during the war, like, uh, right. like helped them and... And uh, it's really that's yeah. interesting to listen to this Italian lady. She said basically, "What did she say? I fell in love." She said, "Went and I took, we, the, took, love took the love from them, or something like." She's very, you know, she's speaking English, yeah. but she's got really thick Italian. She's Italian. But it's like really sad. And she's at like, the end, and like, she wants to know what happened to these two men that she got to know, and she hopes they're alive and that they were well. But she'd they, never seen them to this day. Yeah, but that it, it was the best time of her life, and that they changed her life, and, and that's really it's that's all real, the kind of stuff really I love real. To see. Yeah, and this. That documentary, we won't give too much away, but it actually, what I was really impressed by was it features a lot of real footage from yeah. World War Two. Like, real, like when you think, wow, they really have, like, <laughs> proper footage of it going on. Like, a proper battle, like, in the yep. middle of a battle. Like, soldiers inches away from it. Right you. on, like, an Italian hillside. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and then the last thing is there's a bunch of deleted scenes. Now, there's actually one deleted scene. There's... There's a bunch, but there's one in particular which I thought would have actually still worked in the movie. It didn't. And it was the one where the soldiers were cooking a rabbit on mm. a little spit for the boy who's poorly. And the villagers are all starving because like, they've not eaten properly as well. the they're, Germans keep taking all the food. And they're asking the soldiers who's the rabbit for. Like, what's the... Ra-? You know, and they, and they, they have this lovely, really, really groovy not, Italian... Like, she, well, of course they're Italian, but I mean, she's like... She explains she's that she's from the drum art school yeah. and she's explaining everything to them in Italian and they're just looking at her like... And that whole scene really was works. Really so I don't understand why it was took out. Maybe for Lent. See, that explained to me why the people were in the village. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't fully get it. Because it was somewhere it. to be where, and then people come back with food and you know it, yeah so that but, was um, good there's one scene that I thought should have been in there but you know maybe they didn't want it to be longer maybe on the next DVD we can call them up uh, and that's it. it for extras but like I say these are only on the Blu-ray and not on the DVD so um, if you've got if you can get this movie get it on the on Blu-ray because I think those are like important to see really I agree if you're not the kind who if you're the kind of person who doesn't watch extras on things I think this is one time you should just yeah because this track. isn't about the making of or how they made the blood or how they did the no it's the real story are, behind yeah the thing. exactly so yeah it's totally worth seeing um so I'll do will should we do the um 
recommendations now before we do the ending. Oh, let's do the recommendations. Okay, I wanted to recommend one war movie and one Spike Lee movie. Okay. The Spike Lee, Sp- Spike Lee movie, I and I just said Summer, Summer of Sam is probably my favourite, so I didn't recommend that one, even though I do recommend it. <laughs> so the one I recommended was Bamboozled. And when I say I don't like Spike Lee because he kind of hits you over the head with a message, this one's probably the most hit you over the head with a message thing, but for some reason I really, really thought it was an interesting tale. Yes. Don't really want to say what it's about, but it's uh, racially charged, let's say. Um, And my war movie was The Great Escape. I know it's not like a... I could have said Saving Private Ryan if I wanted to say something that was similar to this, something shocking, harrowing. You know, The Great Escape's not. It's like a fun war movie. If, if there oh, is such a thing. Well, you've seen The Greatest. No, I haven't. It's um, Steve McQueen. They're in a concentration camp. They're planning an escape. Is it like Hogan's Heroes? It's got a bit of a vibe of that, but it's not a comedy. Right. But it, it's just got a... Even though it takes place during this horrendous thing, it's just focusing on them getting out of there. And it's it's this camaraderie between the Brits and the Americans and I just really liked it I, th- I thought it was but it, it's not no seriousness to it right. it's, it's more about it's not going to be a movie that changes your perspective on humanity no <laughs> not like this movie no or, or like I say Saving Private Ryan it would have been easy for me to say but I wanted to think of another one and The Great Escape is my you know and it's also once you watch The Great Escape you will never get that tune out of your head again don't say it okay mine are <laughs> whatever it is Mine, I never can find the recommendations on there. Okay, The Lookout, which I mentioned already, which is, it's just a, is it, would you reckon, independent movie? It's a Miramax it's movie. Yeah, Miramax, oh. it's, uh, it's got Jeff Daniels and the guy who played, the Joseph Gordon-Levitt. The guy I didn't like. From Third this. Rock in the Sun, from the Sun, and it's really good. It's about a young man who gets involved with the bad crowd. <laughs> That's called yeah. The Lookout, and Italian for Beginners, which is actually a movie made in Denmark but is about a group of kind of lonely people who go to an Italian class it's sort of romantic comedy comedy and it's all subtitles so be prepared for that but it's called Italian for Beginners and it's really good I really like that one really too really good yeah I've not seen it for a long time no it's like really excellent one of, our, one of our first reviews I think if I remember yeah. correctly um, yeah so overall uh, Miracle of St. Anna no matter what other people are saying I've, I've seen a lot of negative things about it if you've got an open mind and you want a nice long movie to get sink your teeth into because it it's really like a it's it's a proper main course of a movie, isn't it? It's not a um, throwaway. Totally. So if you're if you like that kind of movie, you like I think if you like war movies, even it might just give you an insight into something that you don't know about because it is a different angle a different on the angle. war thing. Totally. Uh, and you, I agree. I say recommend and definitely get the Blu-ray version if you've got the means to do that. You know, rent it. If you want, if you want to see it, but you don't. I actually think it costs I, too much. Yeah, I actually, it's the kind of movie I would watch again. I like it a lot. Nice. So um, yeah, that's that one. Uh, so let's move on to the contest this week. Uh, just one for the contest this week. You can just go to the site. There's a couple of new ones up there, and one is for the movie uh, role models, uh, which. What happened last week with your? Uh... Twitter contest. I haven't picked it out yet. Oh. I'm going to leave it for another week because I didn't get enough people. Oh. So I'm going to leave it for another week at least. Because uh, there was not many people. Didn't, I, I, I didn't just, live up to your expectations. I get the feeling... In fact, a lot of people recently I've said to them, do you want to follow me on Twitter? Don't even know what Twitter is. Don't do Twitter. I yeah. do Facebook, you know, so... Yeah. I think there's just a lot of people out there who don't do it. Or a lot of people who don't listen to this show. Yes. <laughs> well, no, there are quite a few people. 
<laughs> so um, next week's uh, review will be Ridley Scott's new movie, Body of Lies, on Blu-ray disc, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Russell Crowe. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Sounds like it. has a- been... Seriously, I think we saw a trailer for that. It seemed like two years ago. I don't. We did. It might not have been, but it seemed just like hit. a long time ago. It looks like Mike. I mean Ridley Scott. He usually, I'm See, trying now, to think if he's. I'm trying to the, think if Ridley Scott's ever gone wrong for me. No. See, here's the here's the opposite bias that you have. You assume Ridley Scott or Tony Scott are like gods, and then you take Spike Lee and go, "He's good and everything, but." Oh, hold and on. So, hold on. Hold on. What? what was that movie? <laughs> what was that movie with the ferry boat blowing up at the beginning? With Denzel oh, yeah. Washington. Oh yeah, was that really? Was Scott? that a Scott? Because that, that was horrible. Was deja vu. Yeah, that I think that might have been Tony Scott. All. That was Tony Scott. I think. And that was really bad. You're right. That was bad. Okay, so sometimes they do. But you went into it thinking <laughs> this is going to be really good because it was Tony Scott. Just I, like you went into this one. When Denzel Washington put on a re- virtual reality helmet that let him see into the past or something. Seven that, minutes into the past or two minutes. Or whatever that was. I I lo- it lost me. <laughs> I was like, Maybe we're not smart enough. I was like, cut. We're not smart enough to appreciate the artistry and the intelligence of that. He was driving down the road in a Humvee, remember? And he could only see in the past, so the person was telling them what he was really... I was thinking, this is, this is awkward. <laughs> You're driving and you can only see the past. So if there's a car in front of you now, you're screwed. And he had to get in that little pod thing to be oh. transported to the past. And then people couldn't see him like he was a ghost or something. I don't even remember. It was bad. It was like a rerun he could live through. Oh it my god, just, I don't even know. It, I remember it. I just remember... <laughs> another thing I remember is near the beginning of that movie. Why are we devoting time no, listen, to this movie? The machine that enables this going into the past, future, whatever it is has to be explained to him. Very clearly. In this little room with these hacker people. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and they explain it, and, it and, and the whole scene lasts about a minute. And up to this part, the movie's been fine. Yep. And that scene, like, they do this explaining, and then it stops. And then I just looked at you and went, <laughs> Really? <laughs> it's like... He's is that, dreaming. Is He's that dreaming. Where, He's is dreaming. Is that where this, this is going now? Like, this isn't I, right. I didn't expect that. <laughs> That's deja vu, and it was not very good. No, it wasn't. In our opinion. <clears throat> anyway. In my opinion, it was not very good. It was worth seeing just because you go like, okay, Tony Scott, amazing, Clay Pigeons. Should we make sure it's Tony Scott? Because we, <laughs> yeah, we probably be, be like, slandering him. What was it called? Deja vu, I believe. Yeah, it was. And I had a ferry boat at the beginning. I remember that very clearly. It, not a ferry boat like a fairy, but like a fairy. Ferry. Deja F-E-R-O. vu, Tony Scott. There you go. I just didn't want to give... If it was somebody name. else, Tony Scott, bad name. Anyway, um, so let's move on to games and a school. Well, the stuff. other Tony Scott, the one that wasn't very good, Domino. See, Domino was a lot better than that. It was better, but only yeah. got better because we saw the deja vu. <laughs> yeah, but you know I gotta I mean? say, Tony Scott, as we know, um, coming up soon, uh, True Romance Blu-ray mm. 15th anniversary edition or whatever it is. Can't wait. That we'll, I will buy. We will be no. We'll be reviewing that regardless the of the price. Um, second second masterpiece from Tony Scott, Man on Fire. Brilliant. Amazing. Just as good as True Romance. Clay Pigeons. Opinion, amazing. Loved it. Yeah. Um, With the now controversial Joaquin Phoenix. I do like the Scott people. <laughs> anyway, uh, games and a scully stuff. We just need to find a better name for that. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> this is a section it was called games and, and a scully stuff. stuff I don't I think it just kind of that happened on there we just need to how about just a scully stuff if anybody wants to write in with a better name <laughs> for that um, they can so this week 
it's a big week for games. Um, the new Grand Theft Auto comes out tomorrow evening at midnight. I will be awake and uh, downloading. Uh, it's interesting. On the, on the Xbox, you'll be paying for it. Interestingly enough, this is a um, the first time ever, really, that a f- it's an expansion to Grand Theft Auto 4, but it's not just a couple new guns and a new character. It's a whole new story that's like a 20-hour experience. It costs $20. Um, it's added to... It's Xbox 360 exclusive, and you can buy it tomorrow night on the marketplace. Now, it's not really been done before this. I mean... There's always been downloadable, oh, you can buy a new gun or a new character, but there's never been this whole big thing. So it's kind of an experiment, I guess, for how well it goes. Um, it's Grand Theft Auto. For me, if it was $40, I would be right You I'd be love there, Grand Theft Auto the way Cheapy D loves that other one. Saints Row. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I abs- you, like, it doesn't even matter if it's not amazing. There's something in you both that loves those things so I much. I can just, just tool around it. I've said it before. I can tool around in Grand Theft Auto. And what this does is Grand Theft Auto 4 was the story of Nico Bellic. He was a Russian immigrant to, to the country. And it was his whole story. Now, this one's actually a story of somebody you did cross in Grand Theft Auto 4. It's this guy called Billy who's a Hell's Angel kind of biker guy who is in this biker gang called The Lost and it's his story now he actually does a couple of missions with Nico so this is like running alongside Nico's story so you'll see those missions but mm. from Billy's side but you'll also see you know different parts of the city they're saying there's not any new locations but they're, they're going to take this story in locations that you probably never went to because you know they've got this biker gang house that they all and now the big, big changing gameplay is in Grand Theft Auto, you can obviously drive cars and drive bikes, etc. In this one, you can drive bikes with your gang, like a Hells Angel posse, like 20 of you. And you can control what the other guys do kind of thing. It's like a... Like a... Yeah. A Our- squad thing. But They're not real people or anything, but they're AI. But you, it's not just you. You've like got to keep yeah. your team... You know, so you're in this... So it's this gang war between these two biker gangs, which is going on separately. It sounds interesting to me. It's, um, I think that's a good way of extending the story, because at first I thought, oh, they're just going to pick up Nico's story or something, but to, to make, you know, a whole different... And then there's another one coming, which they say will be probably be somebody else's point of view. Let's of the... point out for sure here that... When you heard about this, you go, oh, God, you know, I really hated the bikes in that game. And then, like, within five minutes, you're like, oh, it's all it's all bikes. Yeah, well, that was one of the things. Yeah, exactly Riding that. And, and Rockstar have said, and this is one of the main things, because, and this is interesting, too, because Billy's a Hells Angel motorcycler guy, he's very good on motorcycles, obviously. That's his life. He rides bikes. So the handling on the bikes is a lot better if you're Billy. Because he isn't Nico, who's never rode a bike. He's Billy, who rides bikes all the time. So they've made bikes easier to handle. So if you are the kind of person like me, who said, the only thing I didn't really like in Grand Theft Auto was bikes, because every time I got on one, I was... Motorcycles. Yeah, motorcycles. Every time I got on one, any time I came to an intersection, I usually fell off. Because they go really fast and the brakes are really bad, you know. So then they've improved that. Well, they're going to have to if the whole thing's... There's new weapons, too, that they've added in this one. And well, next week you'll be able to talk about and it. And you'll meet a lot of new people. Yeah, I am. Um, <clears throat> and then... Are you trying to... Hi-ya! Don't look! 
because then, then this one you're you, this one you can talk about. That's why. Well, then also out this week <laughs> uh, is Gra- is Grand Theft Auto Street Fighter Four, which is Capcom's fighting game that has been the you know the biggest game in the arcades for the last thirty years. Um, this is the fourth iteration of it. I actually bought myself an arcade stick. You did for the uh, occasion. I've been playing it most of the week. And I call that an arcade panel. It's like a big 10-pound, the size of a baby. It's got like a joystick on one side, eight buttons over here. Exactly what you use in the arcade. And you have, you have wrist moves that I never knew you had. I see your little wrist over there flicking and moving. <laughs> it's like, wow, I never knew your hands I've could got skills, that. man. Skills. <laughs> anyway, Street Fighter Four. it absolutely looks incredible. What they've done is they've taken Street Fighter, they've kind of made it a bit... They've took all the crap away that was in Street Fighter 3 that I never liked. I've never really played it. I liked 2. I hated 3. And then 4, what they've done is they made it like 2. It's kind of 3D, but it's not, right? It's like a... You've seen it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's layered. It's got 3D layers. In, I mean, it's got depth and everything. But it's still but 2D like, gameplay. Yeah, there's, yes, exactly. You don't swap around. You don't go in, You don't change your camera so angle or anything. So it's simpler. You're, you're on one plane and you fight each other. And then occasionally you do a special move, the camera might go like this a little bit, so you can see everybody in 3D, but it's really good. It's absolutely so deep. It's so hard as well, like, especially when you've not played for several years, and you come back to it. Now, I play Ryu, who is the main... He's kind of the beginner's player, really, because he's easier to get to grips with than a lot of the other ones. I found that even ten years later, I knew half of his moves just... Oh, I was like, hold on a second. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Try that one. And I, I kind of remember his moves. Uh, I've actually ordered the strategy guide so I can... <laughs> I have never seen you put that much you know, put that much effort into a game. Well, all right, let's put it this way. Um, i not played Street Fighter for a long time, and I played some online matches this week. On the first night, I played 24 matches... And won one. <laughs> right. And then the second night, I played like three more matches because I was doing some of the single player stuff, and I won two of the three. So I, I was get you know it does take a while. Now you might be disheartened because at first I was like, "Holy crap! Why is everybody so good?" And then I said to you, "The reason being, they've probably been playing for the last ten years, right. where I just put it down like." Or maybe they're cheating. Or do you think it's just one of those obsessive games? People it's are- one of them games that people who. I've done a lot of arcade, set, played it in the arcade, know it, and they absolutely know every move. So when you... As What's the fun of it, though? Being so good that you memorize every single thing, then you just kick everybody's ass. Well, really, what's fun, the fun of being it? Real I mean, I want to win all the time. I would never play a game that I'm going to lose constantly. It just pisses me off. So, but the opposite's true, too. When you're playing against real people and you've figured out every move and every time you win... Well, that's why Street Fighter is so deep, because all the characters are very, very different. So, if you think you're good, somebody is better with another character, and you're like, I don't even know what this person's doing. I don't understand, like, I understand my character, but this character is, like, beating me from above, and I don't get it, you know? So there's always, like, a counter for everything. So that's why it's so deep, you know? It's the kind of game, if you're into it, and there's not a Street Fighter very often. The next one might be another 10 years. It's the kind of game in 10 years you might still be playing it and Well, learning. this one's popular. They might make it more often. Maybe, but I don't think that's the way. I think maybe just add some new levels to this and stuff, you know, now because they, they can do Characters and stuff. Yeah. Um, 
and Arcade Stick, which I mentioned last week. And the other game was Fear 2, which I mentioned last week, and it came out, and I actually played it for a couple of hours this week. I love first-person shooters. I kind of liked Fear. I think I said that last week. But Fear 2... Oh, you have a really distressed look on your face. It's hard going. It's like, um... It's a shooter. It's supernatural. You can slow down time. Same as the first one. It's a continuation of the story. But it's really boring. You're going, like, through an office building, shoot a bunch of people out the other side. Then through another office... You know, it seems like office building after office building. Now... Well... I only played for... Is that an exaggeration? Well, yeah. That's the only location I've been in. I've played for three <laughs> hours. Office buildings. Well, the one... Actually, it was a hospital, which looks like an office building, because it's just same. So, um, is it a disappointment? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm three hours in, and I'm not feeling it, really. Unless it gets really good. I will finish it, but... I don't know. Is that the one with those black birds that you gather, is it? What was that one? No, that was Condemned. You liked that one. I did like that one. That was the one where you didn't really have guns. You used your fists all the time. Remember? Yeah, and you had to go in really rickety old buildings that were... It was scary as hell, that, wasn't it? You had to collect the black crow... What were the black crows? Them birds <laughs> were like the some, achievements, weren't Some music for the black crows. You bought me that game... Uh, I did. ...for Christmas one year. I did. It was, like, really scary, because you sat watching me play it once, and it just makes makes us jump all the time. Like, it's, like you're going, what? Okay. Okay, go... No, don't go in there. Nothing... Don't open that. <laughs> like it, like in a movie where you're telling them not to go down the stairs. And... Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a week in gaming. Uh, it's going to be a busy one, I think. Grand Theft Auto, if that can... You know, if they say that's 20 hour long, that's probably 40 for me, because I'll explore everything. So I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. Um, so, uh, Sita, what's for dinner? What's for dinner? We're going to have... Boboli pizza. Oh, bobbly. Bobbly, as... You can go on then and explain why we're having this pizza. Okay, so... Uh, it's I, homemade, sort I've, of. I've mentioned this before, that I subscribe to a guy on YouTube called Cool Duda, who re- they review movies and DVDs. Now, the guy who inspired Cool Duda to do his thing was a guy called Shane Jensen, who I'd not really looked at, so I went and subscribed to his channel and ended up watching all his videos. <laughs> I now, know, because he's so sweet. His videos, his videos are... They're, they call it like a life cast. Like he's just, it's just him doing whatever he does and just recording it, right? But he always talks about. No, he doesn't talk about movies. I thought he talked about. He doesn't talk about. You're right. I only kind of. I've watched a couple with talks you. Talks about and Star Trek it. sometimes. <laughs> he his, so on Fridays, he has a Friday ritual where he makes his food or gets his Which food. Which is called from the Friday Night Ritual. It's called Friday Night Ritual. And he gets some food, like takeaway or whatever, or he makes him, and then he sits down, watches an episode of Star Trek, uh, The Next Generation, off DVD, just one episode apparently, and then he watches, he drinks some wine and watches a music video, <laughs> <laughs> like Phil Collins or whatever. Now, music videos to me are like nuts. 1985, but whatever, everybody's got their thing. So he's making a, a bo- boboli pizza, as he call it. Well, there are these pre-made boboli Piece pizza crust. crusts in a package, I'm sure. you No, they're pre-made. Like, whatever. They're right next to our spaghetti sauce in our store. And then he shows very precisely in one episode how he makes his he's pizza. He's so careful. Oh, my God. He's We've so gotta precise. We've got to be We've got to be precise. He puts his sauce exactly in a circle. And it's just lovely. It's like he really cares that he's made it before and made it in a way that he loves. And now he makes it the same way every time. And he puts on the sauce. And he doesn't use pizza sauce. He uses barilla um Pasta sauce with a potato and basil, tomato and basil, which is what I got. I got everything right, I think. I got the mozzarella cheese and the taco cheese. He gets the taco flavor cheese, sprinkles those on just perfect. And then on top of that, he puts some paprika, some garlic powder, some 
onion powder, some Italian seasonings, and loads of Parmesan cheese. Well, we have to split our pizza because you don't like Parmesan cheese, so. And I know I'm trying to lay off dairy and everything, but how can you resist? A baboli pizza. A baboli Or a bubble. And then it's kind of mixed in with the Italian theme of the movie. You know, the movie's familiar. Let's give this guy props. So he's he's Shane Jensen. It's all one word. Or you can just type Shane Jensen into a YouTube search if you want to subscribe to him or watch any of his videos. And he um, does this Friday night ritual thing. And if you search for baboli, B-O-B-O-L-I pizza on YouTube, you'll actually get his... How to make a baboli pizza. Right, his name's Shane, S-H-A-N-E-J-E-N-S-E-N. Yeah, S-H-A-N-E. Yeah, yeah, exactly. S-H-A-N-E-J-E-N-S-E-N. Jensen. Yeah. And, uh, and he's just really good. And you, it's hypnotizing. You want to watch them all. Because you're like, oh, I want to see what he's going to eat next week. Oh, it's going to be pasta. He's got, it's going to be pasta with broccoli and bread and cheese. It's always, and wine. <laughs> even he and, says uh, on one of his yeah. videos. People keep saying uh, at the bottom of my videos, <laughs> when am I making another video? Well... All it is is me eating pasta and watching Star Trek. Why do people want to see because more it's, of it? he's lovely. I mean, he really is. He's really tidy. Like, you, his oven, I would never show people. Our oven is just a used oven, right? It's not dirty, but I mean, it's all... His is, like, he's very, perfect. Uh, when he puts his pizza on the no-stick Reynolds wrap. I, I didn't like, tell you about... Um, I watched one yesterday where he has his friend over to watch uh, Star Trek or whatever. And his friend farts a lot. So... Shane very seriously said, I don't really want you farting on my couch. So he put a bin bag and then put a blanket over it and made him sit on that. Because <laughs> he doesn't want fart smell on his couch. Yeah, and he's also very, he seems to be, he would be very polite. So he probably doesn't like <laughs> He did, he said it, it very politely and <laughs> said, okay, just let me get it right before you sit down. And the guy's like... He's very precise and <laughs> it's hypnotic and there are a lot of them and um, I really enjoyed it. I, you know what? We're steering more and more away from TV, even though I've got my Amazing Race coming up and Survivor. It's more compelling to find videos on YouTube of people drawing. Like, I like watching people do artwork or, like, the profiles I'm finding of people on Etsy. Where, you know, art people who make their own crafts and make their own art and have their own home businesses and stuff. And it's, like, profiles of them. And I'm getting to where I enjoy that more than sitting down to an hour's worth of TV. TV, mm. TV. I really do. We're not we're not the kind who we don't watch a lot of um we're not we don't sit like I know a lot of people who sit down and watch every drama that's on every night, you know, yeah. CSI all we, that had, stuff. we, we don't watch, watch EastEnders. We watch any American Idol X Factor and we watch Big Brother from UK. I watch Amazing Race, Survivor. Uh Yeah. And then I watch old shows. I'm watching the old new heart. But we're not mega TV people mm. anyway, is what I'm saying. Um, I Most of my entertainment all week is podcasts. I usually, I'm on my computer doing stuff and then yeah, listen totally. to podcasts. So, um, That's an interesting, interesting interesting shift, you know? Yeah. Like, instead of going in there and going, oh, I'm going to see what's on TV and flipping through for an hour and then laying there being sort of like, well, I can sit here, find somebody, have it up in the corner of my PC because we both watch TV I find TV that I can't really do that so much anymore. Why? Go and sit and just Oh, watch through. TV, yeah, definitely. I, mean, I never find anything that I want to see. Because I always end up, within about I'm, 15 minutes, unless something's actually on, yeah. I'll flip over on our, because we have Media, uh, Center. Media Center, and then just watch. I, 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 I will, uh, I'll watch the live TV feed for a little bit. I can't find anything, I can't find anything, I can't find anything. And then I just go into my folder and watch uh, something like... Totally Rad Show or something. <laughs> yeah, just something on my podcast. Or we, have, we we save Family Guy every time it's on, and I save The Simpsons every time it's on, and I don't watch them regularly, Flight so they're the, there. Oh, I've never, I haven't Flight mentioned... I haven't actually mentioned this any week, 
but I should mention it. The new season of Flight of the Concords, HBO's uh, New Zealand <laughs> comedy show, music show. It's hard to describe. It's hard to describe. If you want to see it, just tune in. Um, this is also season one on DVD. I had probably advise seeing all of it. The first episode was on their site, wasn't it? Where you got yeah, to you see can, it for free. Yeah, you can see the first episode of season two on HBO.com. Just click on the Flight of the Concords page. It's um, really fun. I don't, I can't really explain it. It it's is just, fun. It's hard to <laughs> can't describe if it. If you like the movie Eagle vs. Shark, which we reviewed... Um, There's a new recommendation for you. You'll like it. So, anyway, on to my things. What else am I saying? Don't know. I don't really care about that last thing. Well, just, can... I just threw it on there because... You want to say that next week? Leave yeah. people in suspense? Yes. All right, then. So uh, I want to say thanks for listening. I want to remind you about our websites, ascully.com, sittalk.com, and these aren't, this isn't our website, but twitter.com slash ascully, twitter.com slash sittalk if you want to follow our inane ramblings on there. Totally. Um, you, it could be anything from what we had for dinner to we just took a big poo. Or to me making big social commentary and blowing my opinion all over the oh. world. Check out this. But bob- only on check out this characters pizza. at a time. Yeah, <laughs> check out this bubbly pizza I said this morning uh, recipe. And but anyway, uh, you can also. And find- I will take pictures of the bubbly stuff and of the end result, and have a little thing on my website so you can see our our bubbly pizza. I might even do a video, but I doubt it because I want to make it. I don't want it, but I'll take some pictures of it so you can see, and so- you can go to Sid Talk and look at it. Yeah, and you can check out the recipe on YouTube, Bubbly Pizza. Just put that in. There's a lot of recipes. B-O-B-O-L-I. We're also on Facebook.com. We have this podcast on iTunes Music Store, the Zune Marketplace, and our RSS feed. Go to ascoli.com, click podcast. You can look at, what, all 57 podcasts? And podcast.com. Yeah, I, I, I actually, this week, went through this the top 100 podcast directories and went and added my site to tons of them. So I did, uh, after the show, to loads of different ones. So Interesting. I don't know if they work or if it sends people our way, but I'm sure it does. And if you're... Uh, we thank everybody for listening because we both listen to our own separate podcasts. I listen to some food ones and some art ones and whatnot. And after a while, it's like listening to the same people on the radio every morning. You get attached, and then if somebody doesn't do theirs the next week, it's like, oh, what a letdown. Or if their next one is too short, like I get, I like really long podcasts, like that are an hour or more long. And then they might, somebody might come along and they talk for twenty minutes, and they go, oh, I'm just really busy today, so I don't have time. And I get really disappointed. Yeah. And we don't purposely make ours over an hour. No. It's just it just ends up like that, right? We just don't we just shut ramble up. on a bit. We just don't shut up. We should cut off the whole end part where we talk about your games and stuff. Skip to my should, stuff and we, then be done. I should just cut out all the female voice. Oh my god! Then it'd be much shorter, right? Oh my god! <laughs> I am not even. Go- oh my god! So I'm calling my mom. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so we've you also. Know, you can also email me and me only at ascoli at ascoli dot com because you're the only one that reads that mail. Yep, and uh, I actually. Got I think it. you're you're. You're on thin ice again. So I got an email comment. today. You know, when we were talking about the CADcast, um, one of our... Uh, yeah, that's one thing about podcasts. I'm going to interrupt you. I don't even play video games. And then I listen to CADcast and Shipwrecks or whatever they're called, Foreplay. And I don't know why. I'm just compelled by the GB. Talking, talking of Foreplay, anyway. One of our listeners who writes in... Writes, Excuse me. One of our listeners. You're interrupting me a lot. Right here. My nose is running. <laughs> okay. One of our listeners who 
actually found us from listening to the CAG foreplay because they mentioned our podcast one week. And now he listens to us as well. He, he calls himself a fan of husband and wife podcasts. <laughs> um, he writes to me occasionally and tells me... He actually sent me a longish email today, which I haven't had time to compile for us to read, but next week we'll mention okay. it. Because uh, he was kind of making fun of you, I think. Yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> but, I can, I can in take a, it. In a light You don't put yourself on the internet if you don't have some thick skin, so... In a light I don't care what he says. He's on How's my that side. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one week, I want you to cut out my voice, and let's see how good it is. Oh, that'd be much better. Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I, I want to say uh, stay classy. Oh, I don't have anything for that. Just stay classy, San Diego. I want to say happy late Thanksgiving. Oh, Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, happy Valentine's- Thanksgiving, everybody. Hey, that's Valentine's- it. Stay classy and happy Thanksgiving from aschoolie.com. Sit, talk, and <laughs> On February 15th. Yeah. Happy late Friday the 13th and Friday the 14th, which was Valentine's Day. And that, let me and tell, Thanksgiving. Let's tell everybody what I, what I get for Valentine's Day. A lovely e-card, which I get on every occasion, and I love them, even though they disintegrate at some point into Never Never Land. And I'm taking a bath, and here comes my husband with a hot cup of tea, which he brings me almost every day, and says, there's your Valentine's Day tea. <laughs> I don't fuck around. <laughs> you know what I'm which saying? Which is really funny. Really yeah. funny. And I want to say, think for yourself. I'm people. sorry I didn't buy you anything luxurious. I don't want anything. I don't want anything bought for me. I love I love you. That's all mm. I care about. Thank you. Except anyway. for what you just said. What? About cutting me out and it would be so much better. I think maybe I do deserve something. I jest. <laughs> anyway. So I'm going to say, think for yourselves. Don't let anybody push you around or think for you. Instead. Not even me. I don't don't listen to me just because I say something's good. And stay classy and happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> you crazy man. <laughs> <laughs>